Ladies and gentlemen, you are now rocking with Sparkcast Media, episode 6. My name is Austin Bradley, and I am joined by my co-host, Ryan Sparkman. Yo, what a new... I'm trying to remember Ryan has no card right now. <laughs> Writing that you took the L week one? Uh, no, I was trying to write like week three very thoroughly. Oh, okay, okay. Well... If you listened to the podcast last week, we predicted the winners of week two. And obviously, it's always a competition. It was rigged. <clears throat> it was not rigged. And we picked the 16 games. Out of those 16 games, I was 12 and 4. And Brian was 8 and 8. So let's get into the week two recap right now. Let's take a look back in history so that we can see all the games that happened and who won. Obviously, it was me. But let's talk about what teams won these games. So Thursday, we had the Vikings and Eagles, and it was the Eagles picking up the victory. Then we moved to Sunday, the Ravens and Bengals. The Ravens picked it up, winning by three, 27-24. The Seahawks beat the Lions by six. In overtime. Off a walk-off. I was about to say Tower Lockett sent that to the house. Off a walk-off in overtime. Then we get the Colts beating the Texans. And what was the first matchup between Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. But Anthony Richardson unfortunately went down with a concussion in that game. And Gardner Minshew played lights out for what it's worth. Then we move on. The Buccaneers beating the Bears 27-17. Buccaneers start off 2-0 with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is my boy. Baker's bacon. Then we got the Chiefs and the Jaguars in an ugly game, 17-9. Chiefs pull out the win. The Falcons shocked the world and beat the Packers 25-24, even though I picked the Falcons to win. So, Is it a shock? <clears throat> I think it was going into it, but now we see the Falcons, what, what they're doing. They look impressive. Yeah, 25-24 beating the Packers, even though that game did have some... Uh, roughing issues. There were some calls that are getting investigated right now, but Falcons still pulled out. Then we move on. The Bills beat the Raiders 38-10. to The Titans beat the Chargers in overtime 27-24, which <laughs> neither one of us expected. Oh, yeah. I was talking <clears throat> big, saying three. You're like, three points? I was like, no, three possessions. Yeah. Last week, I said it was interesting because how much were the Chargers going to win by? And, of course, they ended up losing that game. So that looked real bad on us, but don't worry. It'll probably happen a bunch more times. Then we have the 49ers beating the Rams 30-23. to The Giants beating the Cardinals 31-28. to Higher scoring game than I think we both would have thought. Then we get to the Cowboys beating the Jets 30-10. to Cowboys, through the first two weeks, outscored their opponents 70-10. to <laughs> New York. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the Cowboys a little bit later on as well. The Commanders, 35-33. Those are my dogs. Uh, what, they had off uh, 35-33. Oh, like a uh, game-winning field goal, right? Or was it a return? Um... I don't. I did not watch the game. I, I remember it was a walk off. It, it was like it was like the end of the game. It's probably a field goal. Uh, but they came back down eighteen to three a half. Came back and won that game 35-33. Then we get to Sunday night football. Dolphins Patriots. The Dolphins win twenty four to seventeen. Then we had the two Monday night games, which we learned is an actual thing now. 
the Saints win against the Panthers, 20-17. to Bryce Young continued to struggle in his uh, NFL career. And then the Steelers beat the Browns 26-22 in what was kind of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise, but we both picked the Steelers to win. So that's just because we believe in Mike Tomlin, though, not Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, what did Kenny Pickett even do? 222 yards on 15 for 30, a touchdown and an interception. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, what, uh, wide receiver? Pickens? Yeah, George Pickens. Four catches, 157 yards, yeah. and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. He had, like, a long catch for like uh, for a touchdown. Yeah. Like a slant route. And Deshaun Watson struggled in this game as well, which, you know, you don't want to have the, the guy who you're paying $236 million to struggling, mm-hmm. especially against the Steelers, <laughs> even though T.J. Watt just became their all-time sack leader, passing James Harrison. Congratulations, T.J. But we also have to mention, of course – that Nick Chubb got injured in this game, and we will focus more on that in a little bit later on. So, of those games that we picked, I was 12-4. and four. He was 8-8, eight eight, like I mentioned at the start. So that means I'm up 1-0. and oh. We're going to go to the end of the season, and then we're going to have something to where the loser has to do something that they don't want to do. It's to, to say. We're not going to do anything crazy. Just say. And I think I already have some ideas of what I'm going to make you have to say after I beat you through the whole year. But... We'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see what the, what it looks like. Because if it's getting close towards the end, I might start sweating a little bit. But right now, 12-4, 8-8, dude, that's a good start. Yeah, that's a really good start by you. Average start by me, but you know what? We can we, we can take the M for mid right now. But Yeah, I mean, at least you weren't like 4-12, and 12, like completely opposite of me. You're yeah. still 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. So, uh, through the first two weeks, though, what team has impressed you the most or surprised you the most? I should say, not impressed, but surprised you the most. The team that surprised me the most right now is the Falcons. Mm. They're a very surprising team. The two-header monster and the running back, Dijon, Tyler, uh, Tyler Ajir, um, Desmond Ritter. Uh, they're, they're looking really good and crisp. And plus, they have Cordell Patterson, their J position. Even though he hasn't really been playing too much. No, he hasn't. But, honestly, uh, the Falcons have been really surprising for me. And, plus, their defense is looking pretty solid, too. Yeah, the, the Falcons have looked pretty impressive. Uh, the team that has surprised me the most through the first two weeks is the Commanders. The Washington Commanders start off 2-0. and um, Obviously, the big story of the offseason was Eric Bieniemy, who has been the offensive coordinator in Kansas City with Mahomes and Andy Reid. He leaves Kansas City to take an offensive coordinator job in Washington because he couldn't get a head coaching job because everyone just assumed it was Mahomes and Andy Reid. But he's been good. He's he's had some good game plans the first two weeks. Sam Howell has been playing really well. In week one, he had 202 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And then week two against the Broncos in that comeback, 18-3, 299 yards and two touchdowns. No picks. Sam Howell is looking pretty good. What has been your most disappointing team so far this season? My most disappointing right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. It sounds surprising, but it's not really surprising. Uh, whenever they play Jacksonville, the, uh, the first half, Patrick Mahomes looked weak. Uh, like he, I can say weak, but he looked—he didn't look like you know Patrick Mahomes. He was struggling. 
and so did Trevor Lawrence. Both offenses were struggling. They're fumbling the football left and right. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes threw a pick. Uh, it was just the offenses were struggling. And honestly, when I was watching the game just laughing. I'm like, this is an absolute terrible game. I actually said that. I, I was expecting – maybe it was just because my expectations – were high because, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, you know, top-tier quarterbacks, you can almost consider them as. But the expectations did not exceed for me at all. I was – actually, I actually said this is a terrible football game. Yeah, a lot of mistakes. And Mahomes and the Chiefs are off to a slow start, but they're still the Chiefs, and I still think they're going to get back into it. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, they don't, I would never doubt Patrick Mahomes. And then the Jaguars, like you said – only putting them nine points in that game, that's pretty disappointing. No one scored a touchdown. Especially after last week in our overreaction uh, Super Bowl predictions after one week, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing, especially with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you do expect them to score more. And you got Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, um, Travis Etienne's there. Like, they should be scoring more points. And the fact that the, the Jacksonville defense held the Chiefs to 17, they should have won that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if Trevor Lawrence comes out that game, like, you know, like, you know, ready, yeah, they should have won. My most disappointing team to the first two weeks has been the Cincinnati Bengals, though. Because, obviously, we, we saw week one uh, against the Browns how bad Joe Burrow did. And not just Joe Burrow, but the entire offense and the defense even as well. Mm -hmm. And then we start off week two, Burrow starts real slow. Now he ends up having a pretty okay game after uh, the second half. He came out a little bit and started doing a little bit more. And I think it's the same thing with Burrow as it is with Mahomes. There's probably just a little bit of rust. And that they're just trying to work and knock it off. And I'm not going to doubt them. I'm not saying that they're out. But they start off 0-2, which you don't expect the Bengals to start off 0-2. I think that's probably the most disappointing team for me, especially after Burrow just got that big contract. 275 mil. Mm -hmm. Not fully guaranteed like Sean Watson's 263 mil is, which that could have been on here most disappointing for players is Deshaun Watson. I mean, last year he played this bad. And then we weren't really criticizing him because... He didn't have the, the offseason or the training camp or anything, and he didn't play until week 13. So it's like, okay, well, whatever. But now he had all that. He had a full offseason, full training camp. He didn't play in the preseason, which maybe he should have to knock a little bit of that rust off early. But, yeah, he, he hasn't played well either. But as an overall team, the Bengals definitely are more disappointing because I don't think anyone was expecting the Browns to be – very good. They're expecting to be good, and then maybe yeah. pick it up towards the end and make the playoffs. Like, I, like I think I, I think my expectations for the Browns were like to be like start off their their defense to be good mm-hmm. slash like om- like almost top tier because like Miles Garrett, you know uh, who else do they have? And I feel like I feel like they have uh, Denzel Ward. Um, I, they they have one more person, don't they? Uh, I, I mean, they have some dogs on defense. Uh, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa linebacker, he's real good. You want to try and say his name? Can you, can you say that again? Jeremiah Wusu koromoa Jeremiah Okusu-Omora. No, not, not really. <laughs> no, I tried. 
It's all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, their defense, obviously, it should be pretty good. And just really Deshaun is the only one I would say is, like, real disappointing for that team. Um, but we got the Players of the Week. The AFC Offensive Player of the Week was Josh Allen. Had a, I, I called it last week. I said the bounce-back game for Josh Allen. He had a real good game, Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, Alex Highsmith, Defensive Player of the Week. And the Special Teams Player of the Week for the AFC is Nick Folk. Then we got the NFC Players of the Week. Offensive Player of the Week, DeAndre Swift. Oh, yeah. He had a monster game. Career game. Listen, I have him in fantasy, and I sat him this week because he didn't do anything in week one. He had 1.9 points in week one. And, uh, you know, I, I just I didn't trust it. I should have, though. I should have trusted it. And that's a, that's a big mistake. But DeAndre Swift, monster game, offensive player of the week, deservably. Uh, defensive player of the week for the NFC was Micah Parsons. And special teams player of the week was Jake Camerda. Oh, what team does he play for? He's uh, the Buccaneers punter, I believe. Buccaneers. Okay. Punter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love punters. Shout out to Pat McAfee. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You wanted to talk about DeAndre Swift's big game. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, he, he, sorry. Sorry. He had a, no, he had a uh, career game. Uh, like, I want to see his stats real quick. I'm sorry about that, boys. Because, um, like, I was, listen, I was listening to the game, and uh, he was, like, breaking, like, loose, like, in, like, like, car- like with the carries and stuff like that. Uh, A.J. Brown had a, a lot, like, a bad game. Uh, what? Who was it? I'm so sorry. What are you looking for? I'm looking for his stats real quick. Dandre Swift? Yes. He had 175 yards rushing. I know that for sure. And... He had 28 attempts, 175 yards rushing, and a touchdown. So 27.1 fantasy points. He t- he took that game over. Oh he no yeah he did. Oh uh, yeah here it is yeah I see it now. I mean like compared to week one and week two, he only had one attempt one attempt rushing. So they included him in the offense insanely with 28 carries. Yeah, uh, I think that was because Kenneth Gainwell was out, mm-hmm. and he kind of earned their starting running back job, which is. Also, well, I didn't know he was out this week, which is also why I decided to sit him in fantasy. But uh, DeAndre Swift just took it over. They didn't even give anybody else really any any carries. It was all DeAndre Swift. Which good for good good for him because he balled. One hundred seventy five yards, one touchdown. The only thing, the only thing you know you you want a little bit more. I mean, hell, he caught all three of his passes that he that he was thrown to three for three. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing much you can ask for to catch the pass, you know, not no drops. I mean, no, no, he's, he's deserving of having the, um, the uh, NFC Player of the Week. Oh, yeah, definitely deserving for sure. But, I mean, do you think it's gonna he's going to be able to continue to 
have games like this, especially when Kenneth Gainwell comes back and everything. I mean, whenever he comes back, no, because he's going to have to share the workload. But now, yeah, I mean, he's going to have his games. If, of course, you whenever you go against good defense, it's going to be he's going to be a struggle. I, I don't. I see him still going over 100 yards. I don't like without like if he, especially he has 28 carries like that. I see him going over 100 yards, especially with the Eagles' offensive line. I, I like. I feel like the Eagles' offensive line is the best of football. Yeah. I mean, yeah, them, the Lions. Um, you were talking about earlier with the Colts, zero sacks. Zero, they have zero sacks allowed in the season with Anthony Richardson back there. Yeah. And, and uh, miss you, right? Yeah, zero sacks allowed at all. Yep. And um, and you have to include Dallas too, because Dallas offensive line is crazy every year. I feel like they're always tapped. And the, and the 49ers. 49ers offensive line is good as well. But, uh, I don't know, dude. I, I'm so upset, obviously, that I didn't start DeAndre Swift. But I'm thinking about it like, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be back, and he's earned that job. Are they just going to give it to DeAndre Swift? That's a big question for me, because obviously, looking at this, we're like, okay, Kenneth Gainwell never did this. DeAndre Swift, obviously, we've seen his immense talent even when he was with Detroit. But, and then they also have Rashad Penny, I believe, there as well. Like, they have a lot of running backs. I don't know. Like, I feel like any one of these running backs behind that offensive line with Jalen Hurts there as well, running the RPO and everything, any one of them could do this. So is it really a, should we give credit to DeAndre Swift or should we give credit to, like, the play calling and the offensive line, and Jalen Hurts is being a weapon. Or we can also include that Minnesota's defense is not that good either. Yeah, or that. Or is it Minnesota's defense? You know what I mean? Like DeAndre Swift obviously deserves credit for what he did with his touches because, I mean, not everybody's going to be able to do that. No. But in this grand scheme of things, how much of it – do we give to him or do we is it just like the Niners plug and play a running back that they did for so many years now they obviously got McCaffrey but just plug and play running back and they're gonna they're gonna do good mm-hmm. <clears throat> well I know I, I know exactly what you're talking about um I, I it's I feel like it's him I mean like I, I when's the last time we've seen an Eagles running back do this I mean, like with Sean McCoy yeah, I mean, they, they usually split uh, running back carries ever since they've been good again. But yeah, LaShawn McCoy, uh, I think Boston Scott might have had a couple good games cause, uh, against the Giants because he's a giant killer. Um, yeah, I don't know. DeAndre Swift, he's definitely a dog. And uh, I definitely hope he gets more involved in the offense because, like I said, week one, one carry for three yards. I mean, that's how it is with Dalvin right now. Dalvin Cook. The Jets should have never signed Dalvin Cook, dude. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, it kind of sucks. It's like... Look, listen, listen, listen. I understand that Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, right? So that's obviously, like, affects you as a team. But you already had Brees Hall coming back. You already have Michael Carter, who is one of the better pass-catching running backs, I think, in the NFL. I just don't know why they signed Dalvin Cook. They didn't need him. Now they're just paying Dalvin Cook to sit there, basically. 
because they're not really using him. And even when they do use him, he's not as effective as Brees Hall is. Because obviously Brees Hall got hurt. They might have just forgotten who Brees Hall was. But I don't he, think... He's doing good this season. He's, I was, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. We, did you forget who Brees Hall was too? Brees Hall is Brees Hall. He's a dog. I know, but like, it's just tearing ACL. Tearing ACL don't matter. Dude, I, I would have thought you would have lost a step. Listen, listen. Now, if you look at the NFL, like we were talking about Rodgers' Achilles injury last week, these big injuries don't really affect good players as much as they used to. They got the best doctors in the world. They just come back, and they're just basically like the old player. Now, it might just be football, because obviously with football, you can kind of get back into it. And even if you're not as athletic as you were before, you can still, with your uh, with your technique, you can still... And IQ. And IQ, <laughs> still be able to dominate teams. Like, because that's what, what Michael Thomas... He's not fast anymore. No. I mean, he never really was fast, but he's definitely slower now. But his route running is just so good that he's still going to be able to beat the DBs. And that's why with when Aaron Rodgers comes back from Achilles, it was on his non-plant foot, by the way. We were talking about that last week. His non-plant foot, so it's not really going to affect his throwing motion at all either. He don't run. And he, I mean, even if he does like try to run, he always slides down. He's very smart about doing it. Yeah. He's going to come back. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Just like Brees Hall. He's going to be Brees Hall. And it also helps that he's young as well. Like 21 when you tear your ACL is better than like 31. Yeah, later down the road. Yeah. yeah. It's, harder. it's harder to uh, recover later down the road. Like when Odo got hurt and then he came back this year and after he missed a whole year. Like that, that's affecting him so far. He hasn't done much. I mean, even, like, I don't know, late, I feel like Odell lately, like, even when he's played, you know, he hasn't really done much. I feel like he's, like, kind of, like, stepped down. Yeah, I mean, but we can't sleep on Odell either, though. That's the thing. But, but they got Zay Flowers, who we got. Yeah, he's who, looking very promising. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about him later. But I want to get to the next topic because we've been kind of stuck on this for a second. What do you think? Who do you think? What teams? are the top five teams right now after two weeks heading into the playoffs, obviously. This is obviously similar to our overreaction Super Bowl predictions. Like, it's way too early. Injuries could happen. Trades could happen. Signings could happen. But who do you think your top five teams are? All right, I'm going to tell you who's not right now. I'm going to tell you one team. Ready for this? The Chiefs. Okay. That's surprising. Number five right now, the Ravens. That's interesting. They're they're looking very promising. You know, Zay Flowers is improving, and he's he's looking like a number one receiver. That's I mean, a- no no discredit for Odell, but Zay Flowers he's he's he, everything that that Lamar throws at him. I feel like he's been catching and making plays out of you know breaking tackles. You know, I don't know how many touchdowns he has this season, but I think he, I think he might have two or three. That's just that's the type of player Zay Flowers is, especially uh, last year coming out of college as well. He is real good. Who's your number five? I got the Chiefs as my number five. I had the the reasoning for this is kind of uh, we touched on it a little bit. You can't count them out. 
and despite them not being the greatest, I mean, uh, week one, obviously, Kadarius Tony, that uh, that pass that should have been caught that went right into the defender's arms. That's not a, that's not on Mahomes. That's a, that's a pick though. So it counts on his stats. It's not on Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then he's been KT has fall off, fell off this season. I think he'll get back, but he definitely needs to work on some stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they they didn't lose by much to the Lions. They lost by one. Mm-hmm. Then you come to week two, and we we already talked about it. Seventeen points against the Jaguars defense. That's not very good. But. You get Kelsey back. You sign Chris Jones to a new contract for this year. The Chiefs, they're they're number five for me because I can't put them above the other four right now. But they're going to be the the team to beat again this year, in my opinion. And um, my apologies, Zay Flowers does not have a touchdown yet this season. No touchdown yet. Hey, real quick, did you see Kylan Granson? Uh, on Instagram, he's a Colts yeah. tight end. Yeah, I saw I after saw, his first touchdown, he posted a picture like a baby. Yeah, like, shout out to Kyle Grandson. He's awesome. All right, who do you have as your number four team? My number four team I have right now is the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles, like we said earlier, outstanding offensive line. They ranked, I believe, third in rushing. Um, Dallas is number one, of course, in scoring with 70 points, but the Eagles are fifth with 59, which isn't bad for two weeks in. I would say Dallas is looking very impressive. Duncan owes New York teams. Um, but yeah, they're second in rushing, 356 rushing yards, you know, carried by the yo man, DeAndre Swift, which you should start this week. I am definitely starting them this week. Uh, they ranked 30th. In first downs with six, which is also pretty impressive with having 59 points. So they're getting yard, like they're getting massive yardage on these touchdowns. Yeah, but they're all is that is that first downs on on third down or is that first downs in general? I it might be on uh, like it's only six first downs. So it might because like the highest team is Miami with 21. See, I I think that might be like third down conversions. It might be because Miami has twenty one. They're lead. They're, they're the leaders right now. Yeah, I mean, if they got only six first downs, that means that they literally fucking score like first four plays. Yeah. So I think that has, has to be third down. It has to be third down conversions. It's crazy for Miami to have twenty one already for two weeks. Like third down conversions. That means that they're they're taking the slow methodical drives down the field. Hey, the Eagles are just getting yardage. Yeah, Eagles just getting first downs before third. Who do you have? Or who do you have your uh, as your fourth team? My fourth team is also the Eagles. Um, obviously, in the Super Bowl last year, and they look good still this year at the beginning. Uh, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, obviously, used to be the Colts' offensive coordinator. Uh, gets hired by the Eagles. Yeah, we've been trading offensive coordinators with the Eagles and Colts. Because we hired Frank Reich as our head coach. Then they hired Nick Sirianni. We fired Frank Reich, and then we hired uh, Shane Steichen, who was their offensive coordinator. But he's been trading. So, but that's not why I have him fourth. Uh, Jalen Hurts hasn't looked too great the first two weeks, but I still have belief in Jalen Hurts. Um, the rushing attack now, especially if they continue to use DeAndre Swift every week, 
I think it's going to be better than it was last year. A.J. Brown had a bad game in uh, against the Vikings, but that's not going to last. Devontae Smith is also on the other side, so when one of them has a bad game, the other one can take over. They got Dallas Goddard at tight end. I think he's the most underrated tight end in the NFL. Very, very good. He's definitely towards the top of the list, but we only really think about Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Hawkinson. Uh I put Goddard above Andrews and uh, Hawkinson, honestly. Ooh, that's argumentative. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I do think he's really underrated. He's very good. Obviously, the offensive line we talked about, but the biggest thing is that defense. That defensive line, Jalen Carter's looking insane. Mm-hmm. Just one of the rookie standouts. Yep. Insane so far. I mean, we knew he was going to be good, but he obviously dropped because of some off-the-field stuff. But he went to the perfect place for him, oh, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. That, that cu- set team. That culture in Philadelphia, plus his teammates from Georgia, are already on that uh, defense. They got Nolan Smith in the draft as well. I, I haven't really looked into how he's been doing. But, I mean, that defensive line is just – it's so good. They got Darius Slay out there, a corner. Yeah, I, the Eagles, they're definitely one of the teams to beat right now. And they're going to be a very scary team in the next three years again. It's, I, 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 I mean, they, they resigned Jalen Hurts, get the key pieces, like get a little bit of key pieces, you know, maybe keep Devontae Smith. Oh, you have to keep Devontae Smith. And, I mean, you can let go of A.J. Brown. It's whatever. No, 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 no. You can't let go of A.J. Brown. You got to keep both of them. That's what makes them so dangerous. But the rushing attack and stuff like that is so good and stuff like that. I just feel like they just need to set running back swift. But also, like, running backs in this league, like you always say, they don't really last. Maybe maybe they get, like, a you know, a, a good running back in the in the draft. And stuff like that. This this team, if they if they get the key pieces in drafts, like what they need, this team two three years from now with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith is uh, it's going to be scary. They're already scary. They already went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, I know. They we're in the middle of the Chiefs dynasty and potentially the Eagles dynasty because they went to two Super Bowls within the past what like five six years. Yeah, and then one of them was with Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. That's yes. how good. That's how good that team was, and now they got a good quarterback. Also, right by defense. <clears throat> yeah, I mean the defense, offensive line. That's how you win games. Like you start in the trenches. Obviously, you have to have the pieces around it. But if you get the offensive and defensive line to play up to what they're supposed to play up to, this team's already scary. They're only continuing to get going to continue to get better. Howie Roseman, very good at drafting. I don't know, dude. I, I just think you're discrediting the Eagles a little bit right now. How, dude? Because you're saying in three years they're going to be good when they're already this I mean, good. I mean, I mean, I mean they're going to be great. Like, they're going to be, like, number one team. Like, the number one team to beat. They're already almost that team. But I mean, who, I, I mean we're, we rank them fourth out of all teams. They're already almost that team. Yeah, I know. And, I would, and honestly, I would say they have a better quarterback than at least the two teams I have above them. Maybe even all three. All right, then who do you have as number three? My number three is the 49ers. The Niners' defense is going to carry them through the regular season, at least. The offense, Christian McCaffrey, he's a weapon. 
you can put him anywhere. You can line him up in the slot, in the backfield. He can catch stuff out of the backfield. He's that nice safety net for Brock Purdy. Same thing with George Kittle. And Debo Samuel is another lethal weapon. And Brandon Ayuk is another lethal weapon. Their offense has all these weapons that can get open short. That Brock Purdy doesn't have to do much. He just has to do enough. Because I don't think Brock Purdy is the quarterback that Jalen Hurts is, for sure. Not even close to Patrick Mahomes. And then I don't even think... I mean, I, he might be better than one of the quarterbacks I have above him on this list, but Brock Purdy is right now, to me still, he hasn't proven enough. But this team is so good, he doesn't have to. So they're number three for me just because that defense alone, basically. My three is the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. They rank number one points. Obviously, we said that earlier. 70 to 10. Yep. Um, rushing, they're eighth in rushing with 256 rushing yards. Um, uh, in the passing, they're 20th. But I feel like that's going to improve throughout the season. Uh, th- uh, 391. And, you know, you've seen how the, that defense is playing. Michael Parsons, potentially defensive player of the year. Uh, they added uh, Gilmore to with Diggs. That, that duo is looking nasty. Just feel like that defense right now. That defense is like so like it is is looking like really insane. It's I, I I like I don't know. Micah Parsons. I said this to like whenever he came out. I said he's gonna win defensive uh, defensive rookie of the year. He's 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 literally gonna be the best defensive player like coming out of that draft. He's he's gonna be beast. And what is he now? He's a freaking beast. That's honestly like obviously you have your Shaq Leonard, you know, but. If you didn't have Shaq Leonard, who who would be the linebacker you want on your team? I mean, Pierre linebacker, Fred Warner. But versatile linebacker, edge rusher, threat, Micah Parsons. He's freaking fast for being his size. And, um, He's potentially going to be a generational-type defensive player. Yeah. One that we haven't really seen in a while. I mean... Patrick Willis, I think, was generational. Mm-hmm. He might be the last one. Like him and Ray Lewis. Yep. So, Mike, I don't want to put him in that conversation yet. I mean... But he could be the next generational guy. I mean, like, Bobby Wagner was leading up there. Luke Keekley, if he would have played a couple more years. I feel like, you know... But, I mean, he has the potential to be a generational linebacker. He definitely does. Uh, who do you have as your number two team? Number two team is my Super Bowl winning team prediction this year, Miami Dolphins. They're leading the NFL in passing, obviously. I think 710 passing yards, which is freaking insane. And honestly, I want to pull up the receiving stats, too. I'm, I apologize for this. Yeah, I don't know what the stats are right now. All I know is Tyreek Hill is on pace to have over 2,000-something yards. On pace, obviously, probably not going to happen, but he's on pace to do that, which is just an incredible start. And obviously, you don't just have Tyreek Hill. You have Jalen Waddle. The Dolphins are also my number two team. 
Okay. So, I mean, you obviously, Tua, he's he's been so good these first two games. He's been very accurate, very poised, it looks like. He hasn't really been taking these big hits because he's been getting the ball out so quick. Uh, even Raheem Mostert, who I <laughs> also sat last week in fantasy, had a really good game. And I'm going to get Jeff Wilson back. They're another good running back. I mean, they're just... They have a great offense. This It might be the best offense in football this year. So, I I have the stats for the, the players individually. Tua has 715 passing yards right now in two weeks with four touchdowns. So, that's two a game average about. And he's throwing 65% completion rate. Rohe Mostert, he has three touchdowns this season. Rushing alone with 28 attempts. He averages 5.6, basically, if you want to round up, six yards per carry, but 5.5. Tyreek Hill, nutty. 255 yards receiving so far in the season with 16 catches and three touchdowns, and he's averaging about 16 yards per catch. And Jalen Waddle. 164 yards with 20 yards per catch with eight receptions. He doesn't have a touchdown yet, but with 20 yards, 20 yards per catch with eight receptions, that's actually pretty crazy with two weeks in. Yeah, it is. All right, so we only have one more team left to go, our top team. Now, I think I know who your top team is, and I think you know who my top team is the first two weeks. Yep. So let's go ahead and uh, get it done. My number one team is the Dallas Cowboys the first two weeks. I mean, for all the reasons we talk, you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. 70 to 10 outscoring their opponents in the first two games. That's insane. Just absolutely crazy. The defense, we're talking about Micah Parsons being a potentially generational player. I mean, the Cowboys defense could be a generational defense. Like that 2012 Seahawks defense, the Legion of Boom, like the 2003 Ravens defense, or basically any Ravens defense from any year during the 2000s. Yeah. Like their defense is that good. Now, I do have my questions because Dak Prescott, obviously, I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. But like I was saying with Brock Purdy, he doesn't have to do too much right now. As long as he does enough, this team could be in a Super Bowl. Could be in a conference championship game for the first time in 28 years. Could be. So far through two weeks, they look like they will be. We just have to see how it goes. Um, My number one team is the 49ers. Bias. How's that bias? (laughs) This is your, your favorite team. But they have it all. They have George Kittle, you know, generational tight end, or could be a generational tight end. You know, he's. I feel like I feel like he's still proven a little. Like I, I feel like he still needs to prove himself to be that generational tight end. In that case, he needs to win a Super Bowl. Um, we have uh, Christian McCaffrey. He can do it all. The Swiss Army knife. Brandon Ayuk got insanely better in the offseason. Route running. Debo is Debo. Debo is 
he he literally is doing it. Like he he's just like a, he's just like our, like Christian McCaffrey. Like he he just does it all. We can put him at running back. We can put him at slot. We can put him outside. Um, he prefers to be a wide receiver, which I don't blame him. But whenever whenever we need to do something in the package, like have both of them back there, you know that's just crazy. Yeah, it like Brock Purdy is not proven now. But I feel like this season is his pro- is is going to be his proving season, and I can't wait to watch that. And especially with the line, the, the offensive line he has in front of him, they're playing great too. Defense playing outstanding. Week one messed up the steel. Week two came came out uh, came out. I think we I think we came out strong if I remember correctly, and then we started letting them up one by ten against the Rams. But a, a division win is it? It's, it's going to be the toughest win. Yeah, you got to play them twice a year. Yep. So, honestly, that right now, as of right now, they're my number one team. But I still believe that Miami is going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, they're looking real good. I almost put them at number one, but the reason I didn't was just because uh, the seventy to ten outscoring for the Cowboys. If they continue on this pace, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a crazy season for the Cowboys, and they're gonna be really annoying, because their fans are really annoying. But <laughs> I can't wait for Week Five though. What about Week Five? We have the Niners against the Cowboys. That is gonna be a good one, and that's also the week we play in fantasy. Is Week Five? Yes, it's gonna be a great week for me because the Niners are gonna beat the Cowboys, and I'm gonna beat you in fantasy. You're not gonna beat me in fantasy. That's just not gonna happen. But the Niners gonna be the Cowboys. Yeah, and uh, Debo Samuel is gonna have a good game, and I'm gonna beat you in fantasy. And you will not start Debo. I will start Debo. I 100% will. Nope. I will. I'm not even lying. He's never coming out of my starting lineup. I don't know I, unless it's on his bye week. <laughs> so do we think? All right, we both had the Dallas Cowboys in our top five teams. Do we think they're contenders or pretenders? I think, the, I, I, I think the defense is contenders. But as a team, I, it, you see, that's why I said hurt. Like it's it's tough with them because, I mean, now they're playing good. Then when everyone talk about them Cowboys and starts raving about them, it's then they just turn to a joke of a team. And that said, I. <laughs> I don't want to bite my words this season, but I feel like they're pretenders. Now, I understand where you're coming from, but let me tell you why they're pretenders. They don't have to rely on Dak Prescott in the offense. They have the defense. Now, if we get into the season and the defense gets banged up or they're in a shootout, and the defense isn't playing up to how they're playing right now because defenses are going to have bad games. But even the Cowboys' defense bad games, I think, are still going to be good defensive games. If they do have to rely on Dak Prescott, though, they're pretenders. But right now, from what we've seen the first two weeks, they don't. Dak Prescott just has to not turn the ball over, and he hasn't, which is big because last year he led the league in turnovers. If he continues on with not really making any mistakes... And the defense continues on playing as well as they have been playing, 
and there's no real big injuries or anything, they're contenders. They're going to be... Uh, the NFC at the top is very good. You got the Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. If they're... I, I'm going to say this, and it might you might be a little taken aback by it. But the Cowboys, if they continue on this pace, they're going to be the team to beat in the NFC. They're going to be the one seed. They're going to be have home field advantage in Dallas, which, I mean, that's a real big home field advantage to be in Dallas. I don't know. I just don't see in the playoffs how it's going to work out. But if the, if the defense continues to play like they do in the playoffs... Then yeah, they're contenders for sure. They're gonna they're gonna be in the Super Bowl or at least the NFC Championship game because the only two teams I can see beating them as of now through two weeks, obviously we still have 15 more to go, is the Niners and the and the Eagles, and that's just maybe. I think, I, 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 I think those games are gonna be the interesting game, and I can't wait to watch the Eagles and uh, Cowboys play twice this season. Yeah, they're gonna play twice and maybe even again in the in the playoffs. And I, I'll say this. The Niners' defense is very good as well. I'm not trying to say they're not. They're very good. Nick Bosa, potentially defensive player of the year. It's going to be between him, Micah Parsons, and TJ Watt this year, I think. But the one thing that I say puts the Cowboys ahead of them is that Brock Purdy is just not proven enough. We know what Dak can be. We've seen him be great, and we've seen him be not great. Brock Purdy... We've seen him do just enough. And I don't know. I just, I as of now, I say Dak Prescott's great games are better than anything Brock Purdy has done so far. That's why I got him above there. But if Dak Prescott turns into last year Dak Prescott, the Niners going to win that game. It's just all about what can Brock Purdy and that offense do against the Dallas defense. That's what it comes down to in my eyes. I, Brock Purdy's doing great this season. He is, and I'm, I'm not trying to say he's he's not doing great. He He's doing great for what he's doing. But has he been the reason they won? Yeah, he's our quarterback. No, he's not been the reason. The defense has been he's, the reason. He's, he's, just like, just he's like, managing the game. He's managing, exactly. He's managing the game. He's not making mistakes, just like Dak Prescott's doing. That's what I'm saying. It all depends when you have a number one defense, what the Cowboys have against that offense, you're not going to have to, you're not going to just be able to manage that game. You're going to have to do something about it. Same thing with Dak against the Niners. He's not going to be able to manage the game. He's going to have to do something. Okay. Purdy right now, he has 426 passing yards. I don't know where that ranks in the, like, uh, in the league answers, but he's also throwing 66%, which was, I think a little bit above Tua, because I think Tua was 65. With zero picks. Yeah. And two touchdowns. So that's a touchdown game. Yeah, he's doing just enough to win. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying Dak Prescott is not doing just enough for him, because he is. But when it comes down to it, I trust Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb against that Niners defense more than I trust Brock Purdy and, and all the offensive weapons they have against the, Cow- the Cowboys defense right now. I disagree. I I trust them because this Cowboys defense is different. They got they got Micah Parsons we already talked about. They got Osa Odigzua on the defensive line. 
They got Demarcus Lawrence on the defensive line. They got Trayvon Diggs on the outside. They got Stephon Dig or Stephon Gilmore on the other side on the outside. Like this team is covered at all bases. They got Malik Hooker at safety, who I, I think Malik Hooker is very good, very underrated. This defense, I don't see a weak point in it. The the Niners defense, I don't know. I just their secondary doesn't impress me all that much. Their defensive line, great. One of the best, if not the best, depending on the day. Fred Warner, I talked about. Maybe the best linebacker in football. That best pure linebacker in football. We won't include Michael Parsons in that. That secondary doesn't scare me as much as the Cowboys secondary does. That's what it all comes down to for me. And our secondary is good. Our secondary is great. Uh, it doesn't scare me as much as the Cowboys secondary does. I, I still think C.D. Lamb's going to be able to get open. And Dak Prescott is going to be so able to it, find him. I, 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 I don't really see C.D. like having a great game against us. That That's what separate, separates the Niners and the Cowboys for me. And it's the same thing with the Eagles. The Eagles, we always talked about it. Jalen Hurts, better quarterback than Dak Prescott, 100%. The offensive line, better than the Cowboys' offensive line, 100%. Receiving core, it's arguable, but I'm saying better than the Cowboys' receiving core, 100%. Their defensive line is very good, but it's not as good as the Cowboys. Their middle, their linebackers, not that great. Cowboys' linebackers are great. Secondary, same thing. They got Slay, but he's, he's hit or miss sometimes, especially now that he's getting a little bit older. He's either going to lock down your number one, or he's going to allow five catches to him. It all That's what separates the Cowboys right now for me. And, you know, I wouldn't be saying this because I don't like the Cowboys. I think they're probably one of my most hated teams. I won't. I don't want to say hated. My One of my least favorite teams in the NFL. But they're that good. That's why they're contenders. It's because that defense makes them contenders. I feel like I feel like they look this good every year, and then midseason they just fall. This defense, their defense looks good, but they did not look this good last year. And you know that's true. No, they, they they didn't look this good last. They did not look this good. Seventy points to ten, and in that game against the Jets, they didn't. The defense didn't score. Dak Prescott was the one who put thirty up on them. That's all I'm saying. He's looking he's looking better. And maybe it's because he doesn't have to worry about the defense this year. Now, obviously, like I said, we have 15 more weeks before we even think about getting into the playoffs. I'm looking at the defense right now. Very good. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what makes them contenders. That's why they're my number one team, and the Niners are my number three team. It's, it's nothing against the Niners. I like the Niners. I think they're going to be one of the top teams in the, in the NFC, and they could make it to the Super Bowl. But right now, on paper, and from what I've seen with my own eyes, the Cowboys are the number one team, not just in the NFC, but in the entire NFL. Just, I don't see them beating us at all. I mean, our okay. So, I feel like I feel like Mufunga is having a great season with us right now, like a Troy Palomalu season. Okay, okay. Let's not get too crazy now. <laughs> no, I will. 
he's he's actually playing insane and out of his mind. I I haven't seen a safety play like that since I guess Earl Thomas in his prime, maybe Cam Chancellor in his prime. Cam Chancellor was definitely a better safety than Earl Thomas, I think. Yeah. Um, Fred Warner, you already praised him enough. I thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like we have we have Greenlaw, Nick Oso, Jamal Hargrave, Armstead. Yeah, I said that defensive line is arguably the best in the NFL. I didn't even discredit the defensive line. You don't have to go over them. I'm just saying, compared to the the Cowboys defense. This is what really sets it apart for me. Micah Parsons. And then that's the separation with Fred Warner right now. It's honestly, that honestly, for defenses, I'll I'll say this right now for that game alone. And yes, we're not, we're not even close to week five. And I feel like we should just go into the next topic after this, because we have a couple more weeks. We have two more weeks. Then we can talk about this heavy. But the last thing I want to say about this is for both defenses, Micah Parsons is going to have to step up and Fred Warner is going to have to step up to prove who is the number one defense in the league because those are the fucking guys for for those defenses and those teams. And we're going to find out who will lead that that defense. And who's a better leader? And look, Micah Parsons has stepped up a lot as a leader this year. Mm -hmm. He is... Like you said, we should probably move past it because it's not week five yet. But when we do get to week five, that's going to be the game to watch. I mean, that is an interesting game. That is the one everyone's going to be looking at because we're seeing early potentially an NFC championship game. Yeah. And obviously the Niners and Cowboys have that rivalry from back in the day, even though it's not as hot right now because the Cowboys, like I said, haven't really been that good in the past 28 years. I feel like it might spike this year. I think it's going to come back. I think they. This is a potential championship game this year. Yeah, especially like it, it, depending on how that game goes. If it goes chippy and then play and play the uh, playoff game, oh, well, that's going to be number one most most watched NFL game. I feel like in the season, it, unless Patrick Mahomes goes up against like like you know whoever, but I feel like that game alone is going to be probably number one watched. You know, the, the one that would be the most watched would be the Chiefs against the Jets in the playoffs. If the Jets somehow make it there and Aaron Rodgers comes back. That would be number one. That would be. All right, yeah, let's let's move on, though. We talked about our top five teams. Cowboys are, are contenders for me. They're pretenders for you. Hey, um, I have a question. Yes. Uh, so, Justin Fields says uh, it could be the coaching. Yep. Do you agree or disagree? <sighs> Look, we can, we can get into Justin Fields. Because I've been in massive support for him. I've said he's going to be good. Just give him the weapons, put him in the right spots, all that stuff. But when you lose a game and you're the quarterback, I mean, you got to look at what Kirk Cousins said against uh, when he was against the Eagles on Thursday. He came out with that Justin Jefferson fumble, and he said, I should have thrown a better ball. Because if I would have let him, he would have never had to dive. It would never have been a fumble. Kirk Cousins, right there, proved to me he is a leader. Justin Fields comes out, and he says, basically, it's not my fault. Blame the coordinator. Blame the head coach. Don't blame me. 
you can't do that as a quarterback in the NFL. I agree with you. That is that just shows not just immaturity, but the the lack of responsibility that you have on the football team. Like if you're the quarterback, which is the number one position for the in any team, if you got a good quarterback, you're a good team. Bad quarterback, you're a bad team. It all comes down to you. And last year, you didn't have a lot of weapons. They went out and they get you DJ Moore. They go out and they draft a offensive tackle for you. You got Khalil Herbert at running back who showed flashes last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was praising that man last year. He was looking great. They went out and they signed a, a bunch of players for the defense. Like, this team should not be this bad, but they are. And now you have no excuses. It all comes down back to you. Now, you might, you probably, you're going to have another year in Chicago. And if you do bad this year, they're going to fire the coach. You're going to bring in a new coach. You're going to have to learn a whole new scheme. But if you don't perform next year, you're gone. Like, you have to start taking accountability and you have to start playing better. Like, get into the film room more, going on your off day and practice more. Mm-hmm. Or, Get with your wide receivers or your center, or and you know practice snapping, practice throwing it to them. I mean, that's what Anthony Richardson did. Like he wasn't even projected to be a starter in the season. He was, he was like, you even said that he was like probably going to be like a midseason, like you know, start. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to go with Minshew at the beginning, and then he was going around like week eight, nine, ten. If we weren't doing good, they're going to throw Anthony Richardson in there. But he put in the work, and he showed up, and he took accountability for the team and he not only did he get named starter he got voted by his teammates as a team captain yep now I don't want to just focus on him because obviously I'm a Colts fan so it might be a little bit of bias there but if a rookie Anthony Richardson can do that who has drawn a lot of comparisons to Justin Fields because he was a raw prospect coming out of college if he can do that and he can step up and he can play very well through five quarters because he got injured after, in the first. Why can't Justin Fields do it in his third year in the NFL with the same, I'm pretty sure the same head coach might have got it in a, in a second year, but this is at least year number two with the same head coach, same system. And they went out and they got you better weapons. And you, you I mean, I don't want to go out and say Chase Claypool because he, has, he hasn't been showing zero effort. Yeah, I've been seeing that too. But you got DJ Moore and you got Darnell Mooney, who I think are two very good wide receivers. And you are a weapon of yourself. You're the most dangerous dual threat quarterback playing right now in the NFL. Yeah, ranked number one in the rushing for quarterbacks last season. Yep. I mean, it's I would say he's even more dangerous than Lamar Jackson is, and as a rusher. That's as a rusher, not as a quarterback, as a rusher. No, I'm saying that's that's crazy. Same man himself too, because Lamar's crazy. He is, but Lamar, he got hurt last year. He's not going to be doing that. Like if you look at rushing quarterbacks, once they get hurt rushing, which I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the same way. They start taking it more seriously. They're going to try and stay in the pocket. They're going to try and find a throw. I mean, you look at Kyler Murray uh, with the, the Cardinals. Even, like, remember that Hail Mary to D-Hop? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was the end of the game, but like he did that a bunch of times in the middle of the game when he could have just took off and run. 
he stood back there, he found space, and he made a throw. That's because he was getting banged up on the rushes. But Justin Fields, so far, hasn't gotten banged up on rushes. He had over 1,000 yards rushing last year. He looked very impressive. He's the most dangerous rushing quarterback in the NFL right now, not only because he's fast, because he's actually he's a big quarterback. People forget about that because when we think of rushing quarterbacks, we think of guys like Kyler Murray, who are small. But Justin Fields is big. He can bowl over a guy and get extra yards. Lamar, he's he's pretty small. He's, he's a slender. Andy Richardson, obviously an alien. He's, he's a monster. Jalen Hurts, big quarterback. He don't really run that much anymore except for the QB sneak. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a big quarterback. But Justin Fields has that size and speed. Size and speed that nobody else has except for Anthony Richardson, but he's already got banged up. So he's probably not going to be running a lot. Or at least cutting down on it. So Justin Fields has to take responsibility and has to live up to his potential himself. He can't be blaming other people anymore. He needs to grow up. I I agree with you. I agree with you on everything you just said. And about the bias thing, I mentioned it, so you don't have to say about the bias thing. Because I said I mentioned Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I just didn't want to stick on it because I could have. <laughs> I know, I know. You could have got one another 10. I understand. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could have went the whole next like hour, dude. <laughs> dude. I was, I was. That's why I cut off the whole entire Forty Nineers talk with the Cowboys because I was like, I because like I, I didn't cuss this whole entire podcast, and then like that time whenever I said about Micah Parsons and uh, and Fred Warner about being the fucking guys, like I was like, I was like, oh, that was my first time doing it on this one. <laughs> uh, okay, time to time to cut back and go on this next topic. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna continue on. Obviously, we we said all we need to say about Justin Fields. I think. Did you want to add anything? No, I feel like you said it all, man. Like whenever I mentioned the Anthony Richardson thing, I knew you would have carried away, and like because you know best, like like about about the whole entire situation. I saw Anthony Richardson, like you know, like the updates about him putting in the work and stuff like that, and I was excited for uh, for you guys about that because I was like I was like I haven't seen a quarterback willing to put in that work and like going with the rookie wide receiver or work on snaps and stuff like that. You know, he's putting in the effort, and that's why he's named the captain. Yep. You know. That's how that's this how the business is. It show show your effort, put in time. You know what? You're gonna get that contract. And the the best thing about it is he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And moving on to some players in college that are going to potentially be rookies next year. Not all these players could like they all could come out, but they might not all come out. They might declare. But right now, as it stands, I have my favorite players. For the upcoming NFL draft, I've got 10 and then two uh, honorable mentions. So I'll start with the honorable mentions. Number one for me, uh, Shadur Sanders. He's played really good in Colorado. I don't think he's going to come out. I think he's going to stay as long as he can in college with his yeah, dad. I was, I, was, I was about to say, it already kind of came out that he's, he's staying for another year. Yeah, but he's definitely, if he did come out, he would definitely be one of the top quarterbacks taken. But next year, probably a better a better class, and I'll get to why in a little bit. Uh, and then also Travis Hunter. I, he's a sophomore, so he technically could come out this year, I think. But he's not going to. He's definitely going to stay. But I have him listed here as athlete because he's cornerback, wide receiver. He could do it all. And he's going to be, 
I think he has the potential to be a generational player in the NFL, especially if he comes in and plays both sides of the ball. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. I, I think his preference was defense. No, I think he prefers to be a wide receiver. I think. Because I also saw like something like people who uh, play like wide receiver and, de- and, and defense usually play defense in the NFL. So that's, that's probably what I saw. But, but the thing with what Travis Hunter is, He's a good corner, but he's an even better receiver. Like, he's definitely gonna. I think he has great hands. He does. If 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 he gets drafted as one position, it'll probably be receiver. But I don't think he will get drafted as one position. He'll be drafted as athlete. an athlete. Uh, so moving on to my list now, these are guys that I do think are gonna be coming out. Uh, number ten, wide receiver Malik Neighbors at LSU. He just had a crazy game uh, last weekend. Uh, I don't remember how many yards exactly he had, but he had like a record number of yards for LSU. That's all I got. Like a stat was like four catches with like over 150 yards already. Like, yeah, he had. He went crazy last week, and uh, yeah, I'm not gonna waste my time to try and find it right now. But he was very good. Uh, number nine, edge rusher Jared Verse from Florida State. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be a, a monster in the NFL, and he is the second edge rusher I have. So he's probably gonna be a first a first round guy. All these guys have the potential to be first rounders, including number eight, the running back Blake Corum out of Michigan. He is right now, to me, the only guy I can see uh, being a first round running back this year. Obviously, I have to do some more uh, tape watching for the rest of the year for all the rookies because uh, I haven't been super invested in college football as itself. I usually just get into the, the rookies right before the draft. <clears throat> but I'm surprised. You're off on Saturdays. Well, I, I'll be watching it this year, but I'm talking about before. So I, I only really know like what's going on right now. Uh, Blake Corum from Michigan is number eight. Uh, number seven is the other edge rusher I have on this list, Leatu Latu from UCLA. And what's really interesting about him is he played for Washington – and then they forced him to retire. They medically disqualified him from playing. And then he transfers to UCLA, and he passes the physical there, and he has been going off ever since playing for UCLA. He has a great story, but also he's a great player. So the only thing that could potentially make him not be a a first-round talent is if they don't want to take a shot on him because of his medical history. Uh, number six, cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. He's a great name, and he's a great player. And Alabama's not doing so hot this year, but Kool-Aid McKinstry has been playing uh, pretty well from what I've seen so far. And I think he's going to be the first corner taken off the board as long as he doesn't have a collapse like uh, Keely Ringo did last year. He was supposed to be a top corner. He didn't end up going to like the fifth round, I think. Um Number five, offensive tackle Olu Fashanu from Penn State. He's a mauler. He is going to be the number one tackle taken this year. If he would have came out last year, which he was eligible, he would have been the number one tackle taken last year. He's that good. He's just a monster in size, but he's also super athletic and has really good feet and hands. He's going to be a problem for whoever gets their hands on him. Number four, quarterback Drake May from UNC. He he's a very good quarterback. The only 
the only thing stopping him from being the number one quarterback taken this year is a guy I'll get to in just a second. Uh, I'm sure everybody who knows anything about football and knows who I'm talking about, but Drake May, he's gonna he has the potential to be a very good quarterback in the NFL as well. Now, obviously, you never know what could happen. It all like you look at Justin Fields. If they don't take accountability and they don't take it seriously, then they might not make it. But if you do take it seriously, you have a very good chance as long as you're in the, uh, right, the right system. My number three favorite player is tight end Brock Bowers from Georgia. He is he is the, the best tight end prospect we've seen since Kyle Pitts a few years ago. And he's going to be a first-round tight end. Which last year... Uh, no, Sam reported wasn't a first-rounder. I don't know if we... Oh, yeah, we did. Dalton Kincaid was a first-rounder at the back end. Brock Bowers could go at the front of the draft. He could... Wouldn't surprise me if a team who is pretty decent but has, like, injuries or just, you know, a bad year, if they fall into the top ten, they could take Brock Bowers at tight end, which is almost never the case. Tight ends usually don't go in the first round. My number two favorite player is Caleb Williams, quarterback out of USC. He's already getting the Patrick Mahomes comparisons, and he's only in college. (laughs) I mean, people are going to compare great quarterbacks to rookies all the time. But he's the one that you watch, and he, and you're like, yeah, I could see him being like Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. Yeah, he's very impressive. He is, and he won the Heisman last year. He's a Heisman favorite this year. And he and the thing is, he came out and said he might not even come out this year because he said if he doesn't like the the option there at number one because he's going number one then he'll just stay in college another year because he's already the NIL money. Yeah. He's already making big money. Mm-hmm. It's not like it used to be. So we might not even get to see Caleb Williams in the NFL for another two years. I, I obviously hope he comes out, but if he doesn't, he doesn't. It's his decision. It's his career at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't want to go to the Cardinals either. So <laughs> then we got number one, my favorite player, that could be coming out of the draft this year. Wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. He is uh, he is everything that you want in a wide receiver. He's 6'4", uh, I think like two, 205. I might be sliding him a little bit. He might be bigger than that. He's great at route running. He has great hands. He has that jump ball ability. You look at his dad, Marvin Harrison, he's everything plus more. He could be a better player than his dad was in the NFL. Yeah, he's dogging it in Ohio State right now. He is He is so good. And I hope if the Colts do bad, we find a way to get him. Because I could only imagine how that would look, dude. That'd be- Not just because he's Marvin Harrison's kid, but just because we could use another big-time wide receiver opposite Michael Pittman. So, yeah, those are my favorite players so far. Uh, as we get further on in the season and closer to the draft, I'll definitely have a, a breakdown of the positions uh, once we know more about who's coming out and everything. But, I mean, just some real great players coming out this year. 
Oh, yes. And uh, let me tell you about the players right now that I thought the rookie standouts. Yeah, the rookies who were, we were talking about last year, obviously not on this podcast because we're only on episode six, but we were talking about them last year, you know, to each other. And who's standing out right now for rookies? Zay Flowers, of course, standout. He's, yep. playing, he's playing really good, like I said earlier. I feel like he's playing wide receiver one. You know, he might not be wide receiver one depth, but he's playing like a wide receiver one. Yep. Um, might not have a touchdown, but just wait. It's going to come. It's going to come. He's he's doing very well this year. Uh, Puka, uh, Puka Nakua, surprise. Puka surprise. Nakua was the 177th draft pick last year. At, I mean, nobody could have seen this coming. He obviously, he was talented enough to get drafted, but Puka Nakua came out of nowhere. And I mean, it, it almost fit perfectly with the, what the Rams needed because Cooper Cup was out. Van Jefferson has been playing too well. Uh, you got Tutu Atwell, who's been playing pretty good, who I mentioned last week, because I wasn't aware of Puka Nakua last week when we were talking, because I didn't really dive into the games that much before, and that's on that's on me. Someone already picked him up on fantasy too, like yeah. really right after the game. Like that was yeah, that was crazy. Like I, because I went to like look, and uh, he was already picked up. But yeah, that that was crazy. And Puka Nakua, he's right now on pace to win Offensive Rookie of the Year as a fifth-round pick. Yeah. You know who else was on pace? Who else was on pace? Bijan. Bijan Robinson. Had a very good game against the Packers. Uh, obviously, that I don't know if you saw the run. He juked inside, juked outside, uh, ran up the field, uh, fought off some contact, and got the extra yardage. He looks like Saquon Barkley before he got injured. He's... He's that I, good. I see, I see, I see, a, I see a little bit of him like running and stuff like that. And he, he's crazy. He's fast, and yet he's very elusive and strong. He's big. He's fast, and he can get involved in the passing game. Which that last year, that's why he was drafted so high. He, he literally he can do it all. He's not as much of a gadget player as say like Christian McCaffrey, who you could really get involved in the passing game. But Bijan. In a few years, he could be the best running back in the NFL. Um, next, I have is CJ Stroud. Yeah. Oh, I have some. I have some stats for CJ Stroud right here. Oh, dude, you're so antsy on that. I love it, dude. Uh, CJ Stroud was my favorite quarterback last year. Uh, coming out of the draft, I liked him better than Bryce Young. I liked Anthony Richardson um, a lot as well. He, those are my top two. I said I want the Colts to get one of them. Obviously, we ended up with Anthony Richardson, and I'm happy for that because of the type of person he is. But C.J. Stroud against the Colts, 30 for 47, 384 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And then we also have this. C.J. Stroud currently, through the first two weeks, has more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. He has 626 yards. A higher completion percentage than Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. He has 63.7%. More completions than Justin Herbert and Tua Tungavailoa with 58. A higher passer rating than Matthew Stafford and Daniel Jones with 91.2. And the most pass attempts without an interception by any player this year. As a rookie. And I just want to throw this in there because we're talking about Justin Fields a little bit. C.J. Stroud is officially the first quarterback from Ohio State to throw for 380-plus yards in an NFL game. 
Stroud has also has more 300-yard passing games than Justin Fields does. Fields has played 27 games. Stroud has played two. God, dude, it's the coaching, though. Yeah, got gotta <laughs> gotta have you know better coaching. coaching. Oh, next on my list, Jameer Gibbs. He's no, I, I have to say, whenever he came out against the KC, I'm like, damn, he's he's gonna be the best running back coming out of the class. And then Bijan came out, I'm like, they're both. This, this I was like, oh, this is gonna be tough. I look, I'm gonna be honest, Bijan, I I gave him I gave him a slight edge after seeing him in the NFL week two weeks in. He's he's that boy's ready. Jameer Gibbs, he's ready too. I ain't saying he's not, but. I think, but also I think it's because of the Falcons' offense too. The Falcons' offense—it's two-headed monster with the, with Tyler uh, Tyler Hugier and then um, uh, Bijan. Yep. You know, uh, with uh, with the Lions, you know, they have a, a Ma Ra. You know, Drake London's not like how it's not like how Ma Ra. He could be. He could be. I, I really like Drake London. <laughs> yeah, I like him too. He's on my fantasy team, but. Amara is already established right now, and he's he's good. You know, J uh, Mo, he he's whenever he's, he comes back from suspension. Yeah, he he's like I like with with that. Honestly, Jam, with Jameer Gibbs is a standout. But if we're gonna go back on who I think is gonna be better, it's gonna be Bijan. I think I think you agree on this one too. Yeah, I I think Bijan's going to be the best running back in the NFL in a few years, like I said. But no, no, no discredit against Jameer Gibbs. No, Gibbs is going to be a good running back still. He's he's going to be good as well. But Bijan, I'll tell you this, is a different monster. Jameer Gibbs, we see probably one or two guys every year come out like Jameer Gibbs, where they're going to be really good, but they're not going to be Bijan. They're not going to be. What Saquon Barkley could have been without injuries. They're not going to be like all these other running backs that get drafted that high, like Ezekiel Elliott before injuries. They're not going to be that. We see Jameer Gibbs, guys like him come out all the time. That's not discrediting him because he could be better than anybody else that comes out that we see as similar to him. But Bijan, as long as he stays healthy and the Falcons stay like consistently decent, He's going to be that guy. In my next one I have? Hold on real quick. Oh. I want to. I forgot I had this in the vault as well for Puka Nakua. I went with, you know, telling you how Streezy Stroud was doing. Puka Nakua has more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill. He has the most receptions in the NFL. And he has more yards per reception than Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. And in the draft, he was the 19th wide receiver taken in the draft. 18 guys were taken above him. Jesus. And he is, like, the number one quarterback, or not quarterback, wide receiver right now. How long do you think that's going to last? Well, I'll say this. Matthew Stafford makes elite wide receivers. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Because. So you don't know? I don't know, but Matthew Stafford makes elite wide receivers. Because Cooper Cup doesn't win that Triple Crown title a couple years ago without Matt Stafford. I'll leave it at that. For my next player, I have Jordan Addison. Yep. He's had a touchdown in both of his games. Uh, it's his first game, four catches, 
uh, targeted six times, 61 yards. Next game against Philly, three catches, five yards, 72, uh, 72 yards. Or he was targeted five times, sorry. Uh, so, like, he, he's, he's had a touchdown in both of his games. It's both of his uh, games this rookie year. It's, I feel like that's deserving of a standout right there alone. And especially one of them being against uh, Philly. 100%. Um, and then last but not least, and I, I didn't have him last on here because, you know, I was just typing through. But I saved this one last but not least. I think you already know what I'm about to say. Your boy, Anthony Richardson. Yep. Is a complete rookie standout. The only discredit I have is, you know, taking hits and stuff like that. But that's something that the scrambler is going to learn over time. But he's looking like a standout and a complete leader of the team, I feel like. Yeah, he is. I mean, just he has two rushing touchdowns against the Texans in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He had a rushing touchdown in week one against the Jags. He had a passing touchdown in week one against the Jags. He did have the interception, but like interceptions are going to happen because defensive players are good for a reason. Like They get paid money for a reason. Yep. Interceptions are going to happen, so that doesn't even really... Unless it was hit, like 100% his fault, which I don't think it was. It was just a good play. He is... He's going to be something special here for a long time. I, I don't see... Anthony Richardson not succeeding as long as we just continue to be patient with him because he could he could end up being this is why it was so hard last year because you have Bryce Young who he hasn't played well this year so far but it's only two weeks in you have Bryce Young who is supposed to be the surefire 100% thing but he's small you had CJ Stroud the most accurate quarterback out of all of them coming out but he's from Ohio State. In Ohio State, people have this stigma around them because they've never produced a very good starting quarterback in the NFL. Then you have Anthony Richardson. He has all the tools and all the potential, and he's the best athlete. But he only played 13 games in college, started 12. So they all had their, their questions. The reason Anthony Richardson went third and not first was because of that experience, because he's a raw talent. But Shane Steichen and the Colts, I feel like, were, out of all the options, the best place for him because they're going to be patient with him. Shane Steichen had his hand in developing Jalen Hurts into what he was. Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick, I think. But that was a reach that we thought was a reach. He, he wasn't supposed to be drafted that year, probably. Or maybe not until, like, the fifth round, sixth round, something like that. They went, they, they went out and they got him, and it worked out. Shane Steichen was there. He was the one who did that. He developed Jalen Hurts. He, he's, he's doing the same thing with Anthony Richardson. Designed run plays for Richardson, RPOs, or quick passes. That's how you get their mind started going. Anthony Richardson as well, we touched on it earlier. He's putting in the work to be better. So I don't think there's any way he fails. And he might end up being the best quarterback out of everyone drafted last year. Notice how I didn't mention Will Levis. All right, we can move on. <laughs> For my defensive side, I have Brian Branch. He had a um, pick six week two. Uh, plays for the Lions. And that Lions D is playing solid. And he's one of the uh, solid pieces for them as a rookie. 
Uh, Jalen Carter, next one. He's playing like a monster for the Eagles. Defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter. Yeah. I'm just going to say it right now. Week, we're, in, we're in week two. Yeah. Defensive he's, rookie he's of the year. Yeah, he's going to win defensive player of the year. He, he has a set defense around him. You know, he has like experienced defensive linemen also like, helping him. And like you said earlier, he has to just this the Georgia line. And, and, and like that, that's part of the uh, next couple of years. It's, it's going to be scary about the Eagles. That defense, that defensive front, that defensive front seven alone. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. is a uh, rookie standout for me. He's been playing really good. He doesn't get a lot of uh, credit or coverage because Texans and plus C.J. Straub. But he's also been playing really good. Uh, Christian Gonzalez. I think you touched on it earlier. He uh, shut he shut down um, Poole. Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but I want to say AJ Brown. It was against the Eagles, and he shut down AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, as as a rookie, you know, and like and I remember, like in the offseason, they slapped like fifty or fifty five on him or whatever because he had an earnest number and stuff like that. It was all a joke, but I feel like he's earnest number. Oh yeah, he has. He. He's been very good so far, and I want to uh, just go back real quick to Will Anderson. Will Anderson, he was like the highest floor out of anyone in the draft. Like he was going to be good, just one hundred percent. He was going to be good, and he has been playing good so far. And I mean, we go back to the preseason when he bowled over a tackle and then wrapped up the quarterback, forced a fumble. Like that is impressive but the thing is with Will Anderson a lot of people thought he had a a low ceiling so he's high floor low ceiling basically they're thinking he's already what he's going to be which I don't really agree with it because I think Will Anderson has a high ceiling as well as a high floor but a lot of people were giving him the comparison to Jadeveon Clowney which doesn't help because he went to the Texans which is the same place that Jadeveon Clowney went to so I mean, Will Anderson could end up winning Defensive Rookie of the Year, but I'm just I'm going with Jalen Carter still. I don't think there's any way that Jalen Carter doesn't win it. But um, Christian Gonzalez, yeah, like I said, played very well against I believe it was the Eagles. I, I we might be getting that wrong, but he he I don't remember what wide receiver he was against, but he played very well against somebody. It, even it might have even been against. The Dolphins and he had a, he made a play against Tyreek. Oh yeah, I remember they played the Dolphins. Yeah, it was either AJ Brown or Tyreek. It was a, one of the top receivers, and he made a play against him and, and like shut him down. That's all my defensive players I have. All right, I mean, yeah, I can't really think of anyone else to add on top of that list. Uh, I mean, Bryce Young could end up turning it around the season. We got Josh Downs on the Colts. He. He was targeted uh, a bunch of times at the beginning of the uh, of the first game against the Jaguars. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. He's been put. Yeah, actually, we should probably add him. He's been putting up pretty decent stats as well. Sam Laporta has been very good. Uh, Dalton Kincaid with the Bills. I think he could be really good. But the only problem is they got uh, Dawson Knox there at tight end as well. But you know, it all just we have to see. But the, through two weeks, that's a good list, I think. Yes, yes it is. Yeah, here we go. Another week. Another prediction? Well, before we get to the predictions, we have to bring in a doctor. Because there's a lot of injuries going on, and we need to have a, 
a professional come in and talk about some of these injuries. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Spark. I want to get some notable injuries out. We have Richardson might be out for this week with a concussion. Talking about the whole entire podcast. Let's just name this show uh, the Anthony Richardson Show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got Barkley might be out with an ankle. Well, might. He will be out for the ankle tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Um, Ayuk, I believe, was out with an ankle injury, too, or hamstring. I saw Ayuk was questionable. Um, David Montgomery, thigh injury. He's questionable. I don't think he's going to be playing this week. And if he is, it's going to be very limited touches. So, Jameer Gibbs, users, start him. Um, and then the most devastating injury happened on Monday. And I I hated it to see it. Every time I saw the picture, I scrolled really quick. Because I, I, I saw like the alert for the injury, and I was going through social media. And I saw the picture for at least a second or two. And I was like, nope. And then I just kept on scrolling, I kept on seeing that, and I just kept on scrolling. It's Nick Chubb's knee. Yeah, I, I didn't even... I didn't see the picture. I didn't search you, for the picture. I don't want to. I don't even want to see it. It uh, just it remember, sounds you gruesome. Remember, you remember his knee in 2015, back in college, where he hyperextended it? Like, it kind of went back. Like, it was like, it was like that, but... Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, um... It... I would I would 100% rather have that again or, or have that happen to me than what happened to him on Monday. His knee bent in a place that it should not have been. That's that's so unfortunate. Yeah, and it wasn't vert- it wasn't on the kneecap, it was on the side. And the thing that sucks with uh I'm getting jittery talking about it. I'm sorry because it hurts me looking at like just thinking about the picture. Yeah, the thing that sucks about the NFL is, like, the, the injuries that happen. Like, obviously, we love football. We love to watch football. But, yeah, when, when something like, like that happens and it's a really serious injury, it's it's, it's really hard to, like, you know, because those are people, too. And, like, we don't even know if Nick Chubb's going to come back and be the same guy. Because, no, like, we, I was talking about earlier with, with, like, the torn ACLs and everything, the running back is, like, the one position where – that stuff can really change you. Speed, uh, change of direction, agility. Like he might, he might be unfazed by it because he's Nick Chubb and he's yeah, very good. He's very, it's up and down runner like Derrick Henry. But uh, it it just sucks. I mean, okay, like honestly, to take down a guy like that, you kind of have to go for the legs and knees. And I mean, it, I don't know. It sucks because this is part of the game. This, it really is this part of the game. I'm not saying I'm not justifying like, oh, like that's the only way to take him down. No, it's unfortunately it, it kind of is the only way to take Nick Chubb down. That that just saying that he's a monster. Yeah, you you always they, you have to go for like the cut tackle. You, him, Derrick Henry. Yeah, you you can't try and wrap him up. Like McCaffrey, yeah, you can you can you can go for a hit on him. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't, because he's he's just he's gonna he's buttery. He's, I'm gonna start calling him butter. Oh no! Oh no! We're gonna start calling him butters. Um, I mean, he has blonde hair. I'm not gonna start calling him butters. Butters, go character, W character. I don't know. I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch South Park, dude. But. I mean, like, no, just a player like that is just tough. It's really tough to see injury. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you to Dr. Spark for filling us in on the injury report for this week. Um, any news on the uh, Aaron Jones front? I'm going to get some scrubs. <laughs> any news on the Aaron Jones front, though? Is he going to play? Is he going to is he going to stay another week? What What are your thoughts? I heard like he he had that low. It was like a low uh, ankle, right, or low something like that. Yeah. Um. I I thought honestly, I thought he was just going to sit a week. I'm looking it up right now and seeing. Oh, hamstring. Uh, he hasn't practiced today, so. What are your thoughts? I don't think he's going to be playing on Sunday. But I I'm not. I don't think that this hammy's affected him going to be affected in the long term obviously mm-hmm. I I give I, I think this is probably going to be his last week and then he's coming back so you don't think even though we're we're on Wednesday you don't think he's going to play on Sunday no I don't think he's going to play on Sunday we got we got three more days dude you sit him out for another week and you let him come back fully refreshed week four you have a whole season alright the doctor's spoken but you just mentioned it earlier Another week, another prediction battle. We're going to have to uh, do this every single year, or not year, every single week, because I'm going to win, and you're going to lose. Right now, 1-0, 12-4 record. Just want to say that again. You had a what record? 8-8. Eight 8-8 eight. Eight eight record, so Average you lost. And I'm going to turn the M to a W. All right, we'll see about it this week. So, Thursday night football, tomorrow night as we record this. The Giants play the 49ers. 49ers. I agree. 49ers are going to be winning that game as well. Then we move on to Sunday. We got the Falcons and Lions. Falcons Lions. What do you think? Lions are a good team. Falcons have been playing well, too. I'm going to go with the Lions on this one. Go with the Lions on that one? Hmm. I don't know, man. The Falcons, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with the Lions as well, though. I think the Lions will bounce back this week. All right, moving on. We got Chargers-Vikings. Who do you think pulls this one out? Two 0-2 teams. I got I got the Vikings on this one. Okay. Oh, it's so tough. I don't want to just keep being the same as you, but also we're doing a competition here. Pick where your heart desires. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go Chargers. I'm going Chargers win. All right. Saints-Packers. I'm going to go with the Pack, Pack Nation on this one. Pack Nation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree. I think Packers are going to pull it out. Just uh, Jordan Love. He's going to have another good game, I think. No, uh, Texans Jaguars. You go first. I'm going Jags. Go with Texans on this one. Not because I I I feel like he's gonna get his CJ Charles gonna get week his, his first well week uh ah win. I guess the Jags though. Yes. All right, that's interesting. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins and the Broncos. Dolphins. Yeah, I don't think there's any way we can pick against the Dolphins right now. Either one of us. Even if we wanted to try and be different. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got the Titans and Browns. 
This is an interesting one right here. I like this matchup. Yeah. Um, I say Titans are going to go two straight wins. I'm going to give this one to the Browns. I think they they lost last week. Um, I know Nick Chubb is out, but I just gotta gotta try and bet on that on that defense and bet on Deshaun Watson being good again. Up next, we got the Bills and Commanders. I'm gonna take the Bills on this. This is not you me being different. Why not the Commanders go three zero? Surprise the league. They could. They very well could. But I, I'm I'm still sticking with the Bills. Uh, we got the Colts and the Ravens. Colts and Ravens. I got I got the Ravens. <sighs> My mind's telling me no. My heart is telling me the Colts are gonna win. I can't bet against them, dude. I just can't bet against them. I'm sorry. That's probably gonna cost me <laughs> in the long run, but I'm just I'm gonna be sticking with them. I thought you also said you were gonna bet on the um the Colts win it each week. I probably will. Uh, do I want to do I want to change it though? Because Richardson's probably gonna be out, but Minshew played good still. The Ravens have struggled at points. The defense has played good. No, I'm gonna stick with it. I think Colts over Ravens. Uh, Patriots and Jets. I'm going to go with the Patriots. You know, that's a good pick. But I think, I think that the Jets last week against the Cowboys, right? Zach Wilson had three picks, but I don't think it was all Zach Wilson's fault. I think the Jets aren't playing for Zach Wilson like they would be playing for Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be a close game, I think. You know, probably one possession game. But I'm going to have to do the Patriots as well. I was trying to talk myself into taking the Jets. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Could not do it. Uh, we got the Panthers and Seahawks. Well, you know what my boy Gino's playing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go Seahawks here. I'm going Panthers. I, I if I'm 0 two on uh, Bryce Young, not winning his uh, first game of the season, I'm probably gonna bet against the Panthers for us this season. <laughs> well, next up we got a, a pretty easy one to choose. I think uh, Bears and Chiefs. So we're both picking the Chiefs, right? Oh yeah, next. All right. Up next, we got the Cowboys and Cardinals. Another pretty easy one, I think. <laughs> Cowboys. Dude, if the Cardinals win, dude, imagine that. Imagine, imagine betting. Dude, imagine Josh Dobbs is the first person to beat the Cowboys defense. Like, imagine betting money. Like, betting, like, $20 just for the Cardinals to win. That has to be it. Like, you you think you make over $100 off that? Oh, probably, yeah. That has to be a crazy money line game right there. Um... Up next in the night football, we got the Steelers and the Raiders. Oh, Raiders. I'm not that I'm saying Raiders on their fan base. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with the Steelers here. I 
Actually, I was going to go with the Raiders. Uh, I think Devontae is going to carry carry that team to 2-0. I don't know. I just think Steelers, uh, they got a win last week against the, the Browns. I think the Browns are a better team. Uh, that's all I'm going off of right there. Then the two Monday night games, again, we got number one, Eagles-Buccaneers. Baker's 2-0. I was looking at this, and e- like, even before I was <laughs> – I got the Buccaneers winning, bro. Do you? Yes. I actually? Like, I actually, I got the Bucs winning. I'm not I'm not just saying that. Like, I actually – I feel like the Buccaneers are actually going to beat the Eagles. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. I don't think there's any way they lose to the Buccaneers, even though they've played very well. Um, they've had some decently easy matchups the first two weeks, and the Eagles – I, they're still better, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, they are, but I just I feel like the Buccaneers missing one. Hey, Baker's balling. Baker's balling. That's all I'm gonna say. And then the final game of this week, we got the Rams and the Bengals. This is actually a, a pretty close one because the Rams have been playing pretty good, and the Bengals have not been playing very good. But they kind of turned it on there at the end of the game against the, uh, the whoever the hell they played. What do you think? I just showed you it, and I'm gonna say it out loud too. I got the Bengals winning. This motherfucker better do good, or he's getting traded. <clears throat> oh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. You know you mean fantasy? He's getting traded. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, this is so tough. The qu- I'm I'm thinking right now. Do I go with the Bengals because I think Joe Burrow is going to bounce back, or do I think the Rams are going to actually be a good team this year? Because the I, the Rams could be a good team this year. I mean, they got Stafford. They got a, a pretty good defense, obviously with Aaron Donald. They got Puka Nakua stepped up pretty big. They got Tutu Atwell stepped up pretty big. I don't know, dude. Part of me just part of me wants to pick the Rams, but I think I have to pick the Bengals here as well. I I, I feel like it's a, I don't know. I I they stink it up this week, dude. They're just gonna have a bad season. I feel like. If this is this is the week you've had two games. Joe Burrow turned it on at the end of the last game. If if you guys if we show up like you did the last two weeks, it's I don't know if it's ever going to get better. Because really, I mean, you can start out zero and two and then make the playoffs. If you start off zero and three, that's when you start to really be like, okay, what's going on? Because I feel like the first two games, they're just you know. Knocking the, knocking the rust off and getting into it and the coaching staff even probably knocking the rust off, getting back into making game plans for games. But you had two shots at it. Third game is where you have to start showing up. Because if you don't start showing up in the third game, when are you going to show up? Mm-hmm. Not week four probably. So yeah, I got to go. I got to go the Burrow, Burrow and the Bengals beating the Rams here on Monday night. All right, so that's all the that's all the games we have for next week. So now it's time. 
Now it's time for the new segment that we've added. We got the massive W to major L. So we start off if you if you haven't if you didn't listen last week, which you should go back and listen to. It was a very good episode. We got the major L. Who, what player, team, person, whoever took the biggest L this week? Then you got the normal L. You know, it's still an L, but not the major L. Then you got the W. That's a win, but it's not the massive W. So, who do you got for your major L? We'll start off with you. My major L of the week is the Cleveland Browns. They lost a running back for rest of the season, an all-pro all running back. Deshaun Watson is not proven right now. He's not proven himself. The only, the only bright side about their, their, their team is their defense. But and they took the major L this week, especially Nick Chubb getting hurt and Deshaun Watson not stepping up another week. I feel like that's a major L. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a decent major L. But mine is probably going to shock you a little bit. My major L of the week is Sean Payton. And I'll tell you why. They had a 21-3 lead at half versus the Commanders. And he, Sean Payton, has come out since he became the coach in Denver and has publicly criticized Russell Wilson on, I think, six separate times. He told him, this is a quote, stop kissing babies. That's a quote. He, he was hating on him for having his own personal staff, hating on him for having his own office, having his own parking spot, which I can understand. He's a player. I'm not saying that's a bad, but publicly hating on your starting quarterback, that's an L. Then he said this after the, after the, the loss of the commanders. Quote, there was a number of drives where we, late, we were late with personnel getting out of the huddle. We took a while. That has to change. We had to burn timeouts in the first half, and I'm not used to doing that. We have to be better. I have to be better. Russ has to be sharper with getting the play out, and then we have to look at how much we have in. If we need to wristband it, we will. Basically saying, sum it all up, he doesn't think Russell Wilson's a smart enough quarterback to run his offense. Yeah. Now, Russell Wilson last year, we can we can agree he did not play very well. But this year... Game one, Russell Wilson, 27 for 34, 177 yards and two touchdowns. That's a pretty solid performance. Game two, he's 18 for 32, which that's not very good. But that was most of the incompletions came in the second half when the commanders were fighting back and the defense was just allowing points. He had 308 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. That's not bad. No, it's not. Russell Wilson, he's not playing like old Russ, but he's playing like this Russ, and this Russ is good. Sean Payton continues to publicly criticize him. It's almost like he's saying, I don't want him on my team. That's not my guy. That's not my quarterback. He was here when I got here, but this is my show now. I want him gone. And that's a ma- that's a major L because Russell Wilson's been playing good. I mean, when you're when you're up 21-3 at half, Russell Wilson shouldn't have to do anything else the rest of that game other than manage that yeah, game. Yeah, game management. But they allowed, the defense allowed them to come back. I think the end was 35-33. Russ puts up 33 points. The defense should be able to win that game. That's not on Russ. I don't know why he's saying we have to wristband it. 
that's a major L for Sean Payton. And I respect Sean Payton as a coach. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he, I feel like he's making problems with Russ that shouldn't be there. Yeah. So that's my major L. What's your L then? My L is the Chargers. Chargers losing to the Titans again. Or not again, but losing to the Titans. Second loss. First week, it was a shootout with the Dolphins. Justin Herbert, he can't close a game. And we've seen that twice now. Two close games. Justin Herbert can't close it out. Now the defense needs to play better. The coaching needs to be better. But Justin Herbert's getting paid a lot of money to not be able to close out a game. For me, this loss drops him out of that tier with Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. He's not in that tier anymore. He's dropped down a peg. That's my L. My L is the Jags offense. <clears throat> Going against, you know, Super Bowl champion Chiefs. You would want to come out fiery on offense. They came out fiery on defense. They're they're making those boys fumble. They also caused a uh, Patrick Mahomes throw a pick, which is hard. The offense was lackadaisical on both sides, Chiefs, but they picked it up in the second half. The Jags didn't. They didn't score a touchdown. They had nine points. I would I would have loved to have that kicker on fantasy, to be honest. But they you they can't be stinking it up like that. They have Calvin Ridley. You know, he's he's actually I feel like watching him, he's actually playing pretty fucking solid. Honestly. I mean like whenever I was watching that game there was a couple and I think I said this to you like earlier in the week, I, there was like catches that were not at the the spot that they should have been. They were overthrown. Like, not, like, overthrown, like, running-wise. Like, overthrown is over the head-wise. And even if they would have jumped up and catch it, their feet would have been out of bounds. It was uncatchable damn there. So, Lawrence needs to work on that. I mean, I don't know if it was just the, just, like, you know, being nervous going against Mahomes, but you cannot be nervous going against Mahomes. You got to go. That's my L of the week. And my W... Baker's bacon, baby. Baker, he's playing pretty freaking impressive. And I want to pull up these stats right now while talking about it. You know, week one, going against the Bears. You know, or no, week two, Bears. I'm sorry. You're all right? Yeah, because week one, the oh, yeah. So week two, going against the Bears. Um, he, uh, they, There was like a late hit with a DB. And like, he, he went down for a sec, came up, and he was just up talking shit. You know, being Baker. Because Baker's bacon out there. You know, with, it's, it's, it's going against Chicago, 317 yards passing with one touchdown. Uh, and then the week one against Minnesota, 173 yards with two touchdowns. And he knew all their all their calls, too. Mm-hmm. And he's not even too shy. Like, he has eight attempts rushing week one with 11 yards and six attempts uh, against Chicago, 17. You know, you're not you're not expecting Baker to pop off fifty plus yards in a game rushing. No, he's doing he's doing the intangibles. He's fighting for the yards and stuff like that. You know, I feel like honestly, Baker's gonna have a solid season this season, and he's gonna lead the Bucks into the playoffs. He very well could. That division is very uh, very weak, and I love Baker Mayfield. The Browns. This could be one of those times where we're looking back and just they're kicking themselves. Because, yeah, Baker has been playing good. My W this week, though, is the Colts and the Texans quarterbacks. 
They're rookie quarterbacks. They both have looked good. I mean, zero, like we talked about CJ Stroud earlier, talked about Anthony Richardson earlier. I won't go too deep into it, but there's like almost nothing more you can ask for from a rookie quarterback. They've been playing as well as anyone. The only thing with Richardson is, you know, you want him to not be hurt. Then when he does get hurt, we got Gardner Minshew thrown in there. And he passes for 171 yards and a touchdown, wins the game. Gardner Minshew was looked better than any quarterback we've had since Andrew Luck, except for Phillip Rivers, probably. Minshew looked that good. And if, if you know, Richardson has to sit out this week, I still picked the Colts to win because I thought about that. Minshew played well. Now, is he going to be able to play against the Ravens defense like that? We don't know. But for this week, that's a W. Colton Texans quarterbacks. My massive W is Dallas D. And I'm just going to talk to Jess about it because we talked about it the whole show. Dallas D, out of its mind. Week one, shut out. Week two, seven points. Ten points. Ten points, I'm sorry. That's... You can't get any better through two weeks letting up 10 points total. It's just crazy. That is. <clears throat> my massive W is something that I called last week. We were listening to uh, to our predictions right before this, and I called it. I said, the Bills bounce back. That's my massive W. Josh Allen, 31 of 37, 274 yards, three touchdowns. Bills bounce back, baby. That's the triple B. Bills bounce back. Josh Allen, hey, for all, all we have to say about him in week one with all those interceptions or through his career, really, with all those interceptions. And then, you know, we're like, oh, is Josh Allen that is Josh Allen that good? He's that good because every time he throws the interception, he comes back, he gets a touchdown. Every time he has a bad game and they lose, he comes back and he gets a win. The Bills bounce back. That's just what the Bills do. That's my massive W this week. And with that, that is the end of our show. Is there anything you would like to say? Any final thoughts, final words? Life is good. All right. Life is good. Football is good. And I'm going to be happy when I go 2-0 in our predictions next week. Dude, no. We're like 1-1. No way, dude. I, I we have so much similar, dude. I think we have like two or three different ones. Well, we got the Colts different, the Eagles different. Texans. Did you pick the Texans to win? Yeah, I picked the Texans to win. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's different. I got the Lions winning. You didn't pick the Lions to win. No, I didn't. See, we got some. We got a decent amount different. It's just it's just enough to make it interesting, but not enough to make it stupid, you know. Because I, I could have just completely counterpicked you, and then see what happens. I might do that one that, of these weeks. You never know, dude. That's that. That's why I was telling you. I was like, I'm like, you go first. I was I wasn't even counterpicking you that much. I know, so. I know. No, you weren't. Because like literally, like I was like I was playing it smart this week. Honestly, I'm like, I think the only one I'm iffy about would have been Texans and Jags. But honestly, like I said. I think the Texans are actually might win this one. It's a division rival, so you, it, everything's up in the air when it comes to divisions. Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't up in the air when it comes to divisions. The Colts and Texans. The Colts always beat the Texans, baby. And with that, we're going to end it there. Follow us on social media. 
give us five star reviews on wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends about us. Show your mom, I guess. Do whatever you want. Just thank you for listening. I show my mom. Thank you. <laughs> With that, we're out of here. Thank you. Peace.